Unlike in a criminal trial, the prosecutor doesn't have to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. They just have to convince the grand jury that a trial should go forward based on the evidence, or in some cases, that there's a preponderance of evidence that supports the case, meaning that the alleged crime was most likely committed and should be charged. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. Cindy, is it just me or have we been hearing a lot about grand juries lately? I think it's just you. No, I'm just kidding. We have definitely been hearing a lot about grand juries recently, Julie. I feel like I'm pretty familiar with trial juries, having almost been picked for a trial a few times over the many years. They learn that I'm a psychologist and they immediately reject me, which I'm fine with. If they picked me, I'd have to miss a bunch of appointments with clients. So I'm glad they don't pick me. But that's the only kind of jury I really know about. Yeah, same here. And I don't know why we never get picked, but I'm okay with it. It's because we're psychologists. Yeah, they say, can you be objective, doctor? It's like, that's my job, but whatever. You don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) Most of us know something about trial juries. We just established that. But what do we really know about grand juries? Well, now that we're talking about it, I realize I, I don't really know much at all. What we do know about the grand jury system is pretty much limited to hearing that a grand jury is deciding whether to indict somebody famous with some alleged crimes. Exactly. I keep hearing that. Most recently, we heard that a grand jury voted to indict the most recent past president after investigating a payout he made to buy silence about an alleged sordid affair. So who is this grand jury and what does their indictment mean? I honestly don't know. They sure can make some important decisions, though. So because of that, we looked into it. And here we go. Grand juries date back to early Greece. Don't worry, we're not going there. Because in U.S. history, they evolved from the British system that was supposed to safeguard citizens against the monarchy. The grand jury was known as the People's Panel and was important in making sure the government wasn't going after people for the wrong reasons. Imagine that. Yeah. The grand jury system was written into the Constitution by the Fifth Amendment, and it protected the Founding Fathers and other citizens. In general, a grand jury is set up by a prosecuting attorney to try to figure out if there's probable cause to believe a crime was committed. In other words, they help determine if there's enough evidence to pursue a prosecution. And grand juries only involve the jurors and the prosecutor. There's a court reporter, but there's no clerk, no judges, no other court personnel. There's no defense team included yet. And there might never be if they find that there isn't enough evidence to prosecute. Each person in the grand jury is selected and sworn in by a judge, but there's no judge present when they meet and usually no lawyers except for the one 
well, the prosecutor or the prosecuting team. I never knew that. Also, unlike with a trial jury, the grand jury doesn't decide if the person committed the alleged crime, but they decide whether there's probable cause to formally bring charges. In other words, to indict a potential defendant. It's usually with a serious felony. And in the federal system, all felony accusations have to use a grand jury in order to proceed. So the prosecutor's agenda is to persuade the grand jury that an indictment is appropriate. They try to help the grand jury understand relevant law and gather evidence and testimony. The grand jury has a lot of power to get the testimony or physical evidence that they need to support the charges, including the power to issue subpoenas. They're just people and they've been selected for a grand jury, but they can issue subpoenas. These ordinary people have a lot of power. Yeah. They also have the power to see and hear almost anything they want, including hearsay or other evidence that typically would be inadmissible in a trial. Under normal courtroom rules of evidence, exhibits and other testimony have to go by strict rules, but the evidence presented to a grand jury isn't limited by those rules. Also, unlike in a criminal trial, the prosecutor doesn't have to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. They just have to convince the grand jury that a trial should go forward based on the evidence, or in some cases, that there's a preponderance of evidence that supports the case, meaning that the alleged crime was most likely committed and should be charged. So again, we're looking at people who make up the grand jury as members of the public chosen at random from lists of voters or other sources in order to represent a fair cross-section of the population, pretty much the same way other trial juries are chosen. While every state allows for grand juries, only about half actually have a system that uses them. And two states choose not to use grand juries for criminal indictments at all. Our home state, Pennsylvania and Connecticut, and also the District of Columbia, not yet a state. The other half of the states prefer to use the option of a preliminary hearing to decide whether or not to indict someone. Preliminary hearings are meant to figure out whether there's enough evidence or probable cause to indict a criminal suspect, like grand juries. But there are differences between a preliminary hearing and using a grand jury. Regular court trial juries, called petite juries, are usually 6 to 12 people. But a federal grand jury is usually 16 to 23 people. And that's where the term grand comes from. Well, that makes sense. There's petite and grand. Very French. Sounds like a latte. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike a grand jury, a preliminary hearing is usually open to the public and involves lawyers on both sides and is presided over by a judge. You know, the kind of trial we see on TV. The accused person is in the front with their lawyer and witnesses can be cross-examined. Similar to grand jury hearings, the rules of evidence are a bit looser in a preliminary hearing, and the courts typically allow evidence that might otherwise not be admissible. After hearing the evidence, the judge, not the jurors, decides if the case should go to trial, which um, makes it hard for me to understand why the jurors are even there, just saying. An important difference is that a trial jury sits for the length of time it takes to hear the evidence and make a decision. A grand jury investigates and meets for a much longer period. A federal grand jury can sit for anywhere from 18 to 36 months. State grand juries can sit for terms that can last from one month to one year. 
That is a long time for people to serve. Mm -hmm. Fortunately for the jurors, grand juries often only convene once a week or a few times a month. So even though grand juries might be called for jury duty for months at a time, they only have to actually appear in court for a few days out of every month. Still, that's a lot to ask. That really is. Depending on the potential duration of the commitment, grand jurors are often retired people or other people whose work or home schedules are flexible enough. They'd have to be. Exactly. The most unique thing about a grand jury proceeding is that it's conducted in secrecy. This is so witnesses can feel free to speak without fear of retaliation, and it also protects the potential defendant's reputation in case the jury does not indict. Usually, the person under investigation isn't even allowed to be present, and of course, no media. Any witnesses called to testify before the grand jury come in alone, one at a time. They're not even allowed to have an attorney with them. They can consult with one, but not in the hearing room. The witness is questioned by the prosecutor and sometimes by grand jurors. But because the prosecutor is the only attorney there, there's no cross-examination. One concern about grand juries is that while there may be some good reasons for the secrecy, it can also lead to corruption. Not everyone, believe it or not, is a totally upstanding citizen or can keep a secret. Shocking. There are some critical reforms suggested by people in the field that could address some of this. We're definitely not experts or lawyers, but among some of the things that seem important to consider would be things like the right to a lawyer for witnesses, at least under certain conditions, a requirement for the prosecutor to present evidence that could also show or suggest innocence of the accused, and the right for the person accused to testify for themselves at some point. And it also strikes me that sitting with this for up to 36 months is a really long time to expect people to keep a secret, although they are all sworn to secrecy. That would be a feat. Some of the positive things that people say about the secrecy of grand juries is that it assures that the person being investigated doesn't disappear, doesn't tamper with evidence or intimidate witnesses or the grand jurors themselves. Holding confidence for everyone in the room is also important for children or other frightened witnesses, of course. Absolutely. Having the hearing in secret encourages the flow of important information from people who hold it. It can also protect the identity of witnesses, some of whom might have worked undercover. And as we mentioned already, it protects the reputation of someone innocent from everyone knowing they were under investigation for serious charges that were unfounded. Right. The grand jury doesn't need a unanimous vote to recommend moving forward with an indictment, just a majority, sometimes two thirds, sometimes three quarters. After examining all the evidence, the grand jury votes to decide whether there's enough for the proposed charges. And if the needed number of grand jurors agrees, they vote to return the indictment, which means the criminal case against the accused will proceed. Even if a grand jury does not vote to return the indictment, a prosecutor can still pursue a trial if they think there's a strong enough case and they can convince a judge of that. But testing the evidence in front of a grand jury is usually a good indicator for whether or not it's worth bringing the case to trial. It's a you know bunch of people, just ordinary people, <laughs> evaluating whether this seems like there's a crime committed. You could see how this would be important for big cases and public figures. Various studies show that grand juries end up returning an indictment about 95 to 99% of the time. 
Yeah. And you know what? That doesn't surprise me that much because I would think that a prosecutor would only get a grand jury together if they really thought there was a ton of evidence. There are some differences in grand juries from state to state. And it's interesting to just end with a quick look at California's grand jury system because it's not like any other state system. Most of the work in California grand juries isn't related to criminal indictments, but rather to serving as a watchdog over local government. Yeah. California's civil grand juries investigate things like government inefficiency, unfairness, misconduct, any violations of public laws and regulations. Grand juries there make sure that the government serves the best interests of the people. And this seems more in line with the initial purpose of having a grand jury system, protection from that monarchy way back. Mm -hmm. Not that we've had a monarchy for a long time. Most grand juries don't work like they do in California, though. They're used for criminal prosecution. Right, Julie. And on a somewhat related note is the conclusion by the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers at NACDL.org that federal grand juries are often a rubber stamp to get an indictment against someone, and that group sees erosion and abuses in the system. Well, I'm glad they're looking into it. They've outlined some interesting proposals for grand jury reform, which you can look at if you're interested at nacdl.org slash landing slash grand jury. Thanks for listening. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time. Take care.